Welcome to the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society. Welcome to ITSP Magazine Podcast Radio. You're about to listen to an episode of Your Everyday Cyber Podcast with Limor Kessum and Diana Kelly. We live in a cyberspace almost all the time, but do we know enough about living in it securely? Join this dynamic duo as they take you through an exploration of daily cyber activities and how you can make better choices to make them secure for yourself and your family. Knowledge is power, now more than ever. Welcome to Your Everyday Cyber. I'm Lamore Kessim, a cybersecurity professional and advisor. My co-host is Diana Kelly, a cybersecurity expert who is the CTO and co-founder of Security Curve. We know that cybersecurity is one of the hottest technology fields nowadays. And in this dynamic marketplace, there is a skill shortage that is said to have reached over 3 million vacant positions this year. So obviously we need a lot new, a lot of new people to join the ranks. There's something that could be blocking the pipeline here. And one of the most common questions I get from people who want to enter the cybersecurity field is, how can I get experience if I can't get that first job? Every entry level role can often require one to three years of experience. So that kind of keeps less people being able to enter. Diana, are you seeing the same thing? I sure am, Lamore. I mean, and it's it's classic chicken or the egg, right? I mean, you, they want it's entry level, so that implies you're just getting started. It's your first job, and yet they're asking for up to three years of experience. Well, how are you going to do that if you haven't had your first job? And it can be really frustrating. I work with a lot of of students and people that have reskilled later in their careers, even in their 40s and 50s, and you know that's one of their big problems is they say, how can I gain experience? And, you know, there are internships, not everybody can get those, or you can contribute to open source projects, you can participate in bug bounties, but another really great way to get experience and to build your network are through competitions and capture the flag activities. Have you heard about these, Lamore? I sure have. CTFs, that's the acronym, are events that consist of a series of challenges that vary in their degree of difficulty and also their technical depth. So they require participants to exercise different skill sets to solve them. So think about kind of like escape rooms, you know, when you go in mm. together and each one of you has a different type of, you know, thinking. And once an individual t- challenge is solved, then they get a flag. The team gets a flag or the player gets a flag. They submit it to the CTF server and earn points. You can work those CTFs as a lone wolf, or you can team up with other people, which each can bring a diverse skill into the uh, to the table. The events are timed, and the first team to finish the challenge wins. So this is a classic CTF. Mm. Um, I agree that it's a great way to build your technical skills and also to network with other people and connect with them, uh, know more people from the industry, because everybody comes to these. They're so much fun. Yeah. Um, another great thing to think about is uh, that CTFs are open to many ages and skill levels. So we are really lucky today to have Ache Rotagi on the show. He's one of the leaders of a winning high school CTF team. He's with us today to break down what those competitions are about and how you can get involved. I have to say a few words about Akshay, since he's a truly special guest on the show. He is a high school student with a passion for offensive defensive security, 
four-time Cyber Patriot National Finalist, Middle School Division National Champion in 2019, and Open Division National Champion this year. Akshay often competes in the Capture the Flag competitions, and he is also a 2021 National Cyber Scholarship Competition Finalist. So he's really awesome. Crazy. And Akshay, <laughs> I know. Thank you, and welcome to the show. Hello. Um, thank you guys for having me on. Great. You are a busy man. How do you have time to engage on all those awesome things that you're passionate about? Uh, if I'm being honest, I'm not really sure. I just make time somehow. <laughs> and that means homework can wait a couple of hours. <sighs> um, I'll have random bursts of motivation throughout the day or random ideas. Like, for example, just I think a month ago, I was kind of sitting. It was like 9 p.m. I was doing math homework. I'm like, you know, I, I there's probably a way to like systematically you know, run phishing attacks. So like for the next two hours, I set up a like small mail server and use some online tool I found to run a phishing attack on it. I mean, I ended up finishing my homework at like 1 a.m. that day, but that's okay. I, I hear that. I, I get, you know, that's sort of how I got started is just being, this is way, way back in the 1970s, but, but you get just so excited about what you're doing and what you're working on. And, and I still have a little bit of that. I was trying, I was frightened with uh, one of my uh, instances on EC2 last night and I was up a lot later than I expected. So I, it, it, it's a, it's a lifelong passion. I think you just get the energy uh, when you're doing what you love, but how did you know that you loved this actually? How did you first get interested in, in cybersecurity? And then how did you find Cyber Patriot and get involved in CTFs? You know, what, what's the, the progress there? Okay. Well, my very first memory of cybersecurity is I think maybe it was fourth or fifth grade, but um, I just gone like a laptop. I was going to be using it for um, a small robotics team I was in. And I realized that you could Google movies and watch them for free, apparently. And it was so <laughs> cool. It was great. And I was just kind of sitting there watching like the Transformer movies at age in fourth grade. But I I was watching them and like some sketchy website. And, you know, I was saying, you know, the internet is so great. It's so amazing. I love this thing. <laughs> and like a few weeks in, I started getting weird ads on my computer. Every time I open up any application, there were ads embedded mm -hmm. on it somehow. Like I was opening up settings and there were like random ads on it. And um, I asked my dad, like, this is, this is, this is kind of sus. Like this, it shouldn't be happening, right? And my, I sat down with my dad and we installed um, an antivirus or he installed an antivirus and I watched it. And I watched him, you know, run like, scans and eventually be able to remove it and i think that was my first experience ever with cybersecurity. Mm. and then around sixth or seventh grade uh my mom uh told me about this club that was happening in our school called cyber Aegis. um she said i should just go check it out so um i did and i went to an interest meeting and it seemed pretty cool and i got involved in cyber patriot through there and i competed in that for two years until ninth grade where someone told me about a CTF being a cybersecurity competition. And I was obviously had been competing in CyberPages for about two years at that time, or by that point. And so I thought I'd check it out. And um, I mean, I ended up getting like a total of three flags during the entire thing, but I, I felt it pretty fun. And I think that's how everything got started. That is awesome. Um, so CTFs in themselves can take the format of uh, 
almost like a Jeopardy or an attack defense type of game. What is the difference between the type, the formats? Yeah, so there's five categories in Jeopardy most of the time, or five main categories. They um, range from binary exploitation, force engineering, web exploitation, forensics, and cryptography. All of them, um, all these categories have different challenges associated with them. Uh, for example, you know, your classic web exploitation challenges would be something like SQL injections or uh, XSS attacks, while you're, you know, you might have forensics based on trying to find hidden metadata in a file or checking a recovered disk drive. And then attack defense CTF is where each team or each player gets a some sort of box, um, maybe a Linux or Windows box, usually Linux, uh, that has some flag on it at the root and then at the user level. And basically the point of the challenge and the challenge is also, uh, the box is also running a critical service or multiple critical services. And the point of the challenge is to attack other teams' boxes and attack the critical services exploit them to get remote command execution most of the time, and then usually either to pop a shell or to privilege escalate to get um, the other player's flags while also protecting your own at the same time. Wow, that sounds a little bit complicated. If someone's listening and they haven't ever done one of these before, um, do they need to do something to prepare? I mean, how much experience do you need to enter a CTF and what's the best way to prepare? You can probably start from zero experience. When I started, I knew a little bit of command line. I knew, um, you know, some basic security concepts, but it's, I didn't really know any conceptual things. I kind of just did, I, I was, if um, you know the term, a script kitty at the time. Mm -hmm. And I basically knew nothing, but um, I've even like, I've competed for NCTS for maybe two or three years now, and I found no best way to prepare. I think it's just mainly to keep doing things and learning from write-ups from challenges you missed and actually understanding what's happening. And it's also important to understand why and what you're doing things. Like you should probably learn what like DNS requests are and how DNS works before you try and like mess with domains. <laughs> Good advice. That's true. So what does it feel like to be in like the middle of a competition? This is like more tense or like competitive and how important is it to stay connected also with your teammates while this is all going on? Yeah, so definitely it depends on the stakes of the competitions. Some competitions, none of my teammates are in really into it and we're just kind of like there. I mean, we still manage to win sometimes, but that's not the point. And uh, it, yeah, it depends. I remember in um, uh, last year when we were preparing for the side page at semifinals, it was going to be extremely competitive. Only the top two teams would be able to make it in our situation. So we had to like be at the very top of our game and we had not done too well on the round before. So we were all stressed for about a month. And I remember just like when we came up or we showed up to like the competition site, None of us were really talking. We were just like kind of wondering like what would happen if we lost. And we also had a bunch of issues during the competition. But I think it's just important to trust, be able to trust in your teammates. Um, and sometimes really in the end, you end up watching the scoreboard for the last 30 minutes, hoping that just praying that no one gets more flags or no one gets more points anyway. For sure. Yeah.
So sounds like you've had a lot of really interesting experiences during the different competitions. What's the most unexpected thing that's ever happened to you or to your team during a competition? Yeah, so again, last year during the Sire Pitch semifinals, again, this was a time of heightened stress for us. Um, we are, we're all trying to, um, you know, make nationals every year. And, mm. you know, we're like really, we spend like, over 10 hours every week preparing for that competition and we were um again this was a semi-final so this would be what would qualify us for the national finals in our situation you need to be the top two in the nation to qualify the um the way it was set up for us and so we're just competing we're like two hours in we're not even close to the top of the scoreboard and our we plug in like a couple of heaters because this is like around COVID was kind of still happening. We were competing in my garage because uh, uh, there's more space there. And it was also happened to be raining just that day too. Like it was just cold and raining just that day specifically. And it was really cold. So we set up like a bunch of heaters. We already had like everything plugged in, like people's computers, monitors, and um, we plugged in one more heater and the entire power went out and we're all just standing there like oh wow this is it like we actually screwed up like it's over and and we thought like you know our virtual machines are beginning gonna get corrupted and we basically lost the entire competition and somehow my dad did a thing and I flipped like switches and like crazy and the power went back up in about five minutes but this five minutes felt like an hour Oh my God, that is stressful. And you're very lucky that this works. I'm happy. I'm happy to hear this. Yeah. So actually, you're also amongst the many things you do, you're vice president of Linux security with CyberAgis. So what is CyberAgis and what do you do as the VP of the Linux security? Yeah, so CyberAgis is a group or an organization of students from three schools that compete in cybersecurity competitions. And we train them train each other for cybersecurity competitions. Uh, our main competition is Cyber Patriot, which is a system hardening competition and incident response. As VP of Linux Security, I'm in charge of developing the curriculum and developing, um, you know, like teaching methods and practice materials or and delegating like the development of them to Linux leads or people who have expertise in Linux and are willing to teach the younger kids. And that's kind of my job, just bring, um, you know, younger kids who just join the club, usually middle schoolers, um, bring them up to speed and letting them learn how to, you know, get better at Linux system administration or just learning Linux in general, because obviously that's a skill that everyone should have. I, I agree. <laughs> Linux admin is a good skill for, I think, anybody in security to have. Um, and, you know, it's amazing hearing you speak is that it's clear that the work that you're doing really is experience, you know, as, as people who've, who've uh, been hiring managers, uh, both Lamar and I, you know, it, this, this, is, this, is, this is really experience, what you're talking about. So anybody listening, this is really a good way to get to beat that chicken or egg problem. But actually, you've mentioned Cyber Aegis and Cyber Patriot, and Cyber Aegis prepares for Cyber Patriot. What is Cyber Patriot really about? Is this just in the U.S.? Is this going international? And uh, you know, what, what's that? What's the competition path look like? Yeah. So Cyber Patriot itself is a program to teach about op teach students about operating system security. 
it's a national competition, but they've also set up branches in the UK, Australia, Japan, and they all have similar program and Canada, I think as well, all have similar programs running in them. Uh, but the core of it is that during the qualification rounds, there's usually three or four before the national finals. The qualification rounds give students a small network of three to four Linux and Windows virtual boxes that you can secure for points. And vulnerabilities, you fix them, them give you points. So it can be anything from, you know, just turning on a firewall to fixing misconfigurations in SMB server. And there's also a Cisco networking component that challenges teams to set up and secure virtual networks and also complete a quiz testing the theoretical knowledge. Hmm. So while, interesting. Go ahead. While the national finals is um, like, uh, you know, raises the temperature by a lot. It gives you, it gives teams a network of eight to nine Linux and Windows boxes, and you have to maintain email servers, web servers, file sharing services, and a lot more, while a red team of trained penetration testers will attack you, which just adds to the stress. And you only get three hours, and you have to also secure vulnerabilities for points as well. This is too cool. I, I wasn't uh, able to be this cool in high school. I don't think I'm this cool today. Same. So <laughs> actually, do you have any final advice or maybe encouragement to our listeners? Uh, maybe there's something you wish that someone had told you before your first CTF. What can you share with our audience? Uh, the most important thing I've always stressed to like people younger than me, um, people I know, people um, you know, who are just getting started is to do your best to figure out why and what you're, or what and why you're doing. Uh, I think I became better at doing what I do because I took the time to understand what was going on. When I first started playing CTFs, that made me better at Cyber Patriot and being better at Cyber Patriot helped me be better at CTFs. And again, being able to know what you're doing opens up so many things because you can try things on your own. You can set up services on your own. You can set up, you know, small web servers or you can test stuff on your own. And I wish someone told me, you know, before my first CTF is to figure out what, you know, HTTP GET request was or HTTP POST request was before I tried to, you know, randomly exploit session cookies with methods from random websites. For sure. Well, this is great. Actually, thank you so much for helping us explain CTFs to everybody listening. And to our audience, we hope you've uh, been inspired to get involved with a CTF team or maybe just join a competition and try it out. Um, thank you for being us with, with us today, as you do every time. And I hope this episode was helpful to you and encouraging. Please follow the podcast and get involved. You can reach out to us on Twitter if you'd like to suggest topics for upcoming episodes. That's at cyber underscore every day. We're also on LinkedIn. And you can email us if you wish at your everyday cyber at securitycurve.com. Our podcast page has more details for you and resources from each episode, including what we talked about today. So thank you everyone for tuning in and stay safe out there. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Your Everyday Cyber Podcast with Limor and Diana. If you learned something new and this conversation made you think, then share ITSPmagazine.com with your friends, family, and colleagues. If you represent a company and wish to associate your brand with our conversations, sponsor one or more of our podcast channels.
We hope you will come back for more stories and follow us on our journey. You can always find us at the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society. Thank you.